A lot of really smart people have weighed in on whether or not the Vikings really should have benched Josh Dobbs, and guess what? I disagree with them. Welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast. You liked it on three, one, two, three. You, like you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Vikings Podcast, where we're always trying to learn something new. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you to those of you who do listen to this show every single day. My hashtag, everydayers. I appreciate you all so much, and I love hearing from you. If you are new here, I also love you. Hello, welcome. My name is Luke. I'll be your host today. And you can, of course, find this show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, whether it is anywhere where you listen to podcasts, including SiriusXM, uh, the, the SiriusXM app. And you can also find live broadcasts of all the games there. You can also find the show on YouTube or Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today on the show, I wanted to do a whole thing about like the Bengals covering Justin Jefferson, and I will get into that, but in the prize pick segment, it's Friday. If you're new here, on Friday, we do bold predictions. That's going to be what's last on the show. That's my favorite part of the week. All kinds of really fun stuff. You guys outdid yourselves from last week, too. Can't believe it. Absolutely love what I am getting right now. We are peaking right now with the bold predictions. Very happy. Very excited to share those. <laughs> I also do a little bit of prize picks, so we'll do some prized picks from prize picks. They're doing a cool promo right now. Uh, and talk about them a little more later in the show. But first, I I, I, I want to weigh in on the debate. I was going to talk about like weird coverage stuff. We'll get to that because it, it feeds into my prize picks. Um, but I want to weigh in. So there's a lot of talk uh, at risk of relitigating the Raiders game, which we've already talked about plenty. Um, Kurt Warner in particular did a video kind of going to bat for Josh Dobbs and what he had to deal with in that game and all that. And I didn't watch that video until I had finished mine on the on the topic, which, by the way, patreon.com slash LukeBronNFL. You should be able to find it by the time you can listen to this podcast. Um, and if you are a patron, you can watch it now. Otherwise, you got to wait till next week. Um, and here's where I'm at on the whole thing. So Kurt Warner's deal and other people have weighed in. Kyle Sloter weighed in. Like former quarterbacks, right? Like guys with like real expertise have weighed in. And the reason that I've come down in a different place from them is not because I think I know quarterbacking better than Kurt Warner. All right, calm down. Nobody thinks that. Uh, well, somebody might. <laughs> you, you, you run into some weird people online. Um, but rather, I just am approaching this from a different place. Um, in that video, in my video, I tried to go, okay, they made the decision, right? They clearly had a reason. Let's see if we can't find that reason. So I kind of cherry picked like the worst plays and put them all together and said, can we find this here? And, and, and approached it that way. Um, I also had done an entirely separate thing on drops, which I wrote a piece at wide left. And there's also a Patreon on that if you, you'd rather see that um, on all of the drops that the Vikings generated in this one and, and sort of the indignities that Josh Dobbs, Dobbs suffered there. Um, and they were numerous. Yeah, man. Victim of a lot of drops on otherwise pretty good plays. Kind of sucks. Um, and I I, I want to give him credit for that. 
But there's also, I think, maybe because I'm just a stupid podcaster and I'm not as afraid to be wrong, I wanted to dive into the progressions a little bit more, at least the way that I understand them. And hey, if I got the progression wrong, I got it wrong, but I feel a little more comfortable guessing. Um, For example, there is a play that you might remember where Josh Dobbs threw and it seemed like it was maybe to Hawkinson and there was a miscommunication of sorts. It was deep down the field on a third and like 19 and it, it fell to nowhere. It was almost intercepted by the free safety. Very clearly thought something else was going to happen or maybe he just missed really bad or whatever. So that play was Haas uh, hitches outside slot seam. Um, one of the oldest plays that is still regularly run in football. Uh, it, big time Tom Brady play, by the way. Um, it was so hitches outside slot seems, but like a deeper version of that. Cause it was third and forever on that play. So when you get cover three, which the Ra- the Raiders basically live in cover three, that's just what Patrick Graham is doing over there right now. Um, you have those two outside middle third defenders, right? So you run deep enough hitches where you get into their zone and then you turn them around. You basically pin those two guys down. Now the only deep defender that is unoccupied is the middle third defender and you run a seam on either side of that guy. You should have him in conflict. You should be able to get something, right? That's the idea of of Haas versus cover three. And that has been a thing for like 20 years. That is one of the most popular cover three beaters out there. Um, And they got exactly the look that they wanted on that. They got the hitches to get the outside guys properly. The middle safety was in conflict. And I think when you see that, what I want a quarterback to be able to do, and by the way, there was no pressure on this one, so he had time. And I know that it was third and long, but the Raiders did not set up in a way that would have like prevented this. They did not. They dropped a little deeper than usual, but not enough. Um, when you have those two seams, what I want is for a quarterback to look off that safety. Right. That's like what, what I think is normal to expect. Um, and to be able to kind of say, all right, I know what I ha- have here now. And by the way, Dobbs has not had a restricted playbook for weeks. He's he I think the Saints game was the last time they really had any training wheels on him playbook wise. So the expectation at this point is you got to be able to know the playbook. And if you can't expect him to know the playbook, well, we've got a guy behind him that can. So that kind of goes into the benching category anyways. Um But if you can't look off that safety, look toward one of those seams, get the safety to move over that way, and then look back and deliver the other one. Uh, If if you're not doing that, then we got a problem, I think. And um, there are a lot of plays that are like that. The last play Dobbs threw. I had a a theory. I posted it on Twitter. I kind of checked in with a couple of people that 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 hashtag no ball and that, that I trust that sort of corroborated and said, yeah, I think you're like at least on the right track, mostly there Um, where there was a deep over from Jordan Addison that, or it was sorry, a deep post. I'm conflating two plays, Uh, a deep post. uh, And the entire front side of the play was basically designed to occupy two deep defenders, the, the middle one and the one on that side of the play, right? So that you would have a deep post against a middle third defender playing outside leverage. That post is going to break inside. The corner is going to be outside. He'll never cover it, right? And you just got to occupy the other two guys that are deep. Again, it's another cover three beater. And they got the exact look that they wanted. Both of these ended up in throwaways, I think. I think Josh Jobs was genuinely just heaving both of these out to nowhere because he didn't like the look. But those looks were perfect. And as Kevin O'Connell, if you put yourself in his shoes... 
yeah, that'll that'll drive you insane. Where you're like, oh my god, I'm I am scheming this up perfectly for you, and you actually got that one blocked up right this time. Max Crosby didn't destroy the play that time. We did it all right, and we finally got you the look, and, and you blew it. Come on, dude. Like I I can see that being the rationale. I can understand it at least. Um, and I don't hold it against Dobbs. Like yeah, he's been in a really difficult circumstance for a long time. I I hold it against the coaching staff for keeping him in that circumstance where they didn't need to. Right. Um. So there's one other one that I wanted to talk about the, the, at the end of the half, you might remember a sack that Dobbs took on third and three. So I, I, when I recorded it from my Patreon video, I had to re-record that clip like three times. Cause I, I kept like rethinking it and, um, like logicking through it. And like the first time I didn't realize that it was in a two minute drill at the end of the half. So I was like, it's third and three. Why are they calling? It was a four verticals concept. Um, why are they calling you know four deep routes on third and three with with you know no reasonable check down because that one of the the routes was a slot fade that needed a hitch underneath it, um, and I was like why are you, oh I get it because it's because it's two minute and because you're on the plus side of midfield you're in Raiders territory you're going for this if this isn't complete so yeah let's take a shot right like if you if you treat that as four down territory if it was second and three yeah four verticals is a great play on second and three. Okay, now I get that. All right, all right, all right. So I had to like re-record. And like think about the conversation that a coach would have with his quarterback right before like a shot play on third and three, right? What's the first thing you're going to tell him? Don't take a sack. And when that play doesn't develop in a, a viable way, none of the deep routes are open. You can't take the shot you wanted to take. His instinct is to scramble backwards. He takes an 11-yard sack out of field goal range uh, and certainly out of go-for-it range. That's going to drive a coach nuts. And even if you kind of excuse the part that like, yeah, it wasn't his fault that no one was open, but that bad moment turned into a disaster. And that was like what Kevin O'Connell went into halftime thinking about. So yeah, the leash is going to get short and the leash was already short. Uh, Nick Mullins had taken first team reps all week. So now it's been announced. Kevin O'Connell announces that Josh Dobbs is QB three. He's going to be inactive emergency QB three. Only if Mullins and Jaron Hall get hurt. Jaron Hall's the primary backup now, and we're going to roll with this. So we'll see what happens from there. I got prize picks coming up. I got bold predictions coming up. So uh, don't you dare. Don't you move a muscle. All right. Hold your breath for the rest of the show. Today's episode of Locked on Vikings is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. And uh, if you are not looking on LinkedIn Jobs to fill your job, what are you doing? It's the biggest market out there and everyone is going to be looking at LinkedIn Jobs. So should you. It is the go-to spot and it's the go-to spot for a reason. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours of posting their job for free on LinkedIn. It's not just a job board. It's a connecting network of, of more than a billion professionals. And they have all kinds of resources that help you pare down all of those professionals into a candidate that's right for your job, your company, your culture. That's unique. That's not a one-size-fits-all thing. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's do some prize picks. It is time for your prize picks. Prized picks. You hear me talk about prize picks a lot on this show. We do it every Friday. I've been just having a lot of fun 
with prize picks. And um, here's the deal with this game. I don't see a lot of passing production happening on either side of the ball. The, the Vikings defense is playing lights out. The way that, so if you listen to yesterday's show, which you should go crossover Thursday, uh, it's with, with Jake. Um, and that'll be a much more comprehensive preview of the game than, than this, which is just a couple of quick things. But um, one of the things that he talked about was that with Zach Taylor, what he's done with Jake Browning and trying to make it work with a backup. You know, they're dealing with the same thing we are. Uh, is that they've gone like super under center rollout heavy. And the Flores defense, one of the impetuses that like made it happen, made it made Belichick do the parts of the defense that Flores has taken with him was under center wide zone rollout heavy offenses. This McVay 2018 stuff, like they're going back to that. That's kind of what it sounds like, right? And especially the under center part of it is something you do when you want a lot of horizontal motion and when you want those like boots to go the other way. Right. Um, and it's just what Jake Browning's comfortable with. So that's what they're doing. But with the Vikings getting five and six guys on the line of scrimmage as often as they do breaking up those double teams, just like they did against the Raiders and like they did against the bears. And I mean, like they did against the 49ers, I think is the best example of this. Cause that's a zone run game. That's, they're pretty good at it and they were limited. Um, breaking up those double teams means that, you know, guards that you don't necessarily trust are going to be in one-on-one -on -one situations. Just like if you think about, you know, Dakota Dozier on the Vikings having to one-on-one -on -one some, some defensive tackle and not winning. Uh, everybody's got their Dakota Dozier, you know? Uh, and, and you, you can kind of isolate him that way, depending on which front you decide to like base out of for that game. That also means that a lot of the passing production is going to be a lot harder to figure out if they rely on play action a lot. Because here's the thing about these under center play action heavy teams. It's been proven like super uh, thoroughly that how well you are running does not necessarily uh, correlate to the efficiency of your play action pass game. Um, and there's a lot of debate over why this this analytical phenomenon happens and stuff. But one of the things that happens, if you stop the run, these play action teams are going to keep going to it and they're just going to like piss away a bunch of downs on it. Like that's something that just happens. If you stop the run, guess what? They're going to get into like second and longs a bunch. Um, and, and I think that's going to be a difficult place for Jake Browning. So for that reason, one of the first things I'm doing here on prize picks, which is all just a bunch of more than less than games. Uh, and then we slam them all together. And if we get them all right, we get a big payout. Uh, but it's just like an all or nothing thing. Jake Browning, less than 239.5 pass yards. Now, they're doing an interesting little promo uh, right now, this demons and goblins thing, where if you were feeling super bullish on Jake Browning, you could say more than 274.5 pass yards. If you think he's going to have a 275-yard day, day or better, you actually put up more than there, and it gives you like even way better payouts. It's a, like up to uh, 100 times your money if you hit on that uh, and the rest of your play. I didn't want to do that. Um, they don't have a less than version of that, which I'm kind of bummed about because I would go there. But I think 240 is is too high. And similarly, I think 240 is too high for Nick Mullins. It's 240.5 for Nick Mullins. I don't see the ball moving here. So here's the coverage thing that I was going to spend a bunch of time talking about before I got wrapped up in the Kurt Warner thing. Um, 
it's just it's I don't know it's fascinating that it's it's a very subjective thing and and I like that there can be different perspectives but on on the coverage thing so when I asked Jake this yesterday you know how do you handle number one a superstar receivers like Justin Jefferson who is confirmed he's going to play he'll he's noted questionable for the game but he's like come up in front of the media and be like I'm going to play so I kind of trust him there um and what's your plan for that and Jake didn't really have an answer because the Bengals haven't gone. And I looked at the schedule and I was going to like come up with like, oh, come on, this is whoever slander. And I couldn't come up with an answer. There's a lot of teams on there that have, you know, multiple good receivers. And there's a lot of teams that have kind of a bunch of dudes. Um, so they haven't really gone up against uh, like he's it's fair. Like they haven't gone up against a team where it's like, this is their guy. What's your answer for him? Like it is with Jefferson on the Vikings. And so that went up, and then um, Sands, Mike Sanguato, who does guest spots on Lockdown Bengals all the time, reached out and was like, actually, I have a thought. So that's interesting, and it's playing a lot of quarters bracketing, which is different from cover two bracketing, which the Vikings have tailored a lot of their offense to punishing uh, and, and to great effect early in the season until Jefferson went down, and then it kind of became moot. But... Um, Basically, a lot of what teams did last year was they would play cover two. You'd have a half safety over the top of Justin Jefferson and then whatever you wanted underneath. But you'd always have somebody helping deep with Justin Jefferson. So whoever was on Jefferson could jam really uh, effectively. They they can, you know, pass him off and double him underneath with like zones and spacing and stuff. It was hard to get Justin Jefferson going sometimes. And then sometimes he would go off for 180 yards. Um, But the quarters version of that is like man match stuff, I think, is what he was getting at, which is like. I, uh, a, a little bit more sophisticated where you will always have somebody deep on Justin Jefferson, but it's a little bit more adaptable than the cover two version where, where there won't be as much space because everyone's just playing tight to routes and man matching. So you'll still get man matchups, but they're man matchups to the corner having the advantage of deep help. And that's going to be a lot harder. Um, that wouldn't be the first time Justin Jefferson has seen something like this. I mean, shoot, played the Bengals two years ago, right? So it's not like unheard of for a good receiver to go off against that kind of thing. You just got to win those matchups anyways, which I'm sure Justin Jefferson can do. But I don't know if Nick Mullins can pay it off consistently enough. And it's just that's like two things kind of working against it. And you need to kind of get a win on both things to get uh, Justin Jefferson going. So it's going to be hard. So I've shorted this entirely. I've said Justin Jefferson less than 75 and a half receiving yards and Jake Browning less, or and uh, Nick Mullins less than 240 and a half passing yards. So that's a lot of less than. And I figure if I'm going to do all those less thans, I'll hit a kicker. <laughs> and look, everybody, every kicker has their best, the best game of their season against the Vikings. Evan McPherson, McPherson? More than one and a half field goals made. Feels like a really easy one to throw in there. I just don't see the ball moving a lot in this one. Um, both defenses are playing well. Both offenses are in flux. And the rollout stuff is a, a, a great way to protect your quarterback, but I don't think it works against this Flores defense. I don't think this is the the, the thing to, to do here. Now, the thing, the way I get burned here is if creative offensive play callers like Kevin O'Connell and Zach Taylor come up with something that I don't see coming, which like, yeah, that's definitely possible. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's I probably should respect that. But hey, that's why uh, it's prize picks and not prize prophecies. Got them. <laughs> that's that's my prize picks. I got four plays today. Um, if you want to join, of course, you can go to prizepicks.com. 
Uh, next up, though, is the fun stuff. The bold predictions. These aren't meant to be right. They're meant to be dumb. And that's what we love about them. Today's episode of Locked on Vikings is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online therapy made easy. They can help hook you up with therapists that are right for your needs. Uh, and what's crucial is if you don't like that therapist, they will help you switch to another person to consult with until you find a therapist that is right for you. And I think that's a big deal for therapy. I've been in therapy for years, but it took me a little while to find somebody that jived with me. Um, I, I have ADHD. The first therapist I talked to, and I didn't know about BetterHelp back then, I, I was just calling people, was like, get a planner. And if you know anybody with ADHD and you tell them to get a planner, uh, get ready to run, like that's the worst thing you can say. I was like, this person isn't right for me, right? This is not the experience that I need. Uh, and until I found somebody that, that, you know, worked with that and, and had experience. BetterHelp can kind of be your your Sherpa through that process uh, and can help you get into something that I think is really important for mental health. Even if you don't think you have like problems that need dealing with, maintenance is still really healthy. So give yourself what you need this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Oh, baby, it is so time to get bold. It is bold prediction season. This is my favorite segment of the week. This is when I take your bold predictions. I choose the ones I think are the most fun. And uh, if you get any right, I get punished. We haven't gotten any right this year. That's the way it should be. Um, I've been accused of sandbagging this. Look, I want to get one, I, but I want it to be one that would be really funny to get. Like, if, if I pick one that's like Nick Mullins gets 350 yards, like, that's kind of bold, and I guess it could happen, but if it happens, like, that's not that fun, you know? Like, that's just a stat line. I want it to be crazy, deranged nonsense, such as what we got from the Raiders game. You guys were on fire. The Mary Skolbus said that, that since Las Vegas is known for blackjack, a.k.a. 21, the touchdown scorers, uh, their jersey numbers would add up to 21. For example... Uh, a field goal from, or just the scorers, I, I amended it to, so a, to open it up a little bit. So two touchdowns from Addison, that'd be a three. A field goal from Joseph, that'd be a one. And KJ Osborne, 17, that would equal 21, etc. Th uh, there was one score. <laughs> it was a Craig Joseph touchdown. The, the, that there is one score ruined all of these. Nobody had any of the like crazy low scoring ones, which people have submitted like game ends 3-0 Vikings before, but we didn't get... Uh, any of that. If you did shout it out and I just didn't pick it, like shout it out. Good for you. It doesn't count for this, but good for you. Milo Graham said that three different quarterbacks would play for the Vikings and all of them would complete a touchdown pass. I opened that up to more players. Like it didn't have to be play quarterback. We just need like, it can be a trick play thing. Right. Uh, but again, no touchdowns. Bradley, we did, we did get two people playing quarterback for the Vikings though. Uh, Bradley Norris said that O'Connell would go all out, adjusting the offense to Dobbs, and that Dobbs would be the leading rusher uh, and have more rushing yards than passing yards, and less than half the passes would be from the pocket. There was a lot of zone read, but it was always a give read. The Raiders seemed ready for it, uh, or at least ready to like keep the ball out of Josh Dobbs' hand. But I think it did help the run game like do better. 
um, in ways that I've kind of that I had described in the in the weeks leading up to that. If you are curious, you can go listen to those if if you want to go live in the past. <laughs> Sam Root said that Amir Abdullah would lead the game in receptions with four. Uh, Devonte Adams led the game with seven. Jacoby Myers also got five, as did T.J. Hawkinson, who led the Vikings in receptions. Uh, next to K.J. Osborne, who got four. So a few people went above that. Amir Abdullah got two receptions. So we got half of what she said. Uh, Chris says that the Raiders would be terrified of J.J., so they sell out to make sure he doesn't beat them, holding him under 20 yards, but allowing for over 100-yard games from Hawkinson, K.J., and Madison. Um, so I don't think JJ even got held under 20, under 20 yards. Yeah. I got 27 before he went out. So you didn't even get it with the injury. I would have considered giving that to you if like all the other parameters happened. Um, but I would have definitely been like a little bit bummed about like getting it on a technicality because you said like they sell out so hard for Justin Jefferson. Like I felt like, I feel like in the spirit you didn't, you hadn't gotten that either because they definitely didn't sell out to JJ. Draw Goblin said Justin Jefferson would have a multi-touchdown game, at least one of which he pulls the fake injured hammy celebration. I actually thought that one was pretty uh, viable, but obviously, again, no JJ, unfortunately. Let's move on. You guys up to the deranged. I can't believe it. You outdid yourself. I'm so proud. Uh, the next one comes from Cho. First one comes from Cho uh, from the for the Week 15 Cincinnati Bengals game that said, Ivan Pace touches the ball on a touchdown. He does not score himself. Um, he had a whole thing about like two touchdowns and two fum force fumbles and two picks and all this. And I was like, that's too specific. I workshopped it a little bit with him. Ivan Pace touches the ball on a touchdown that he does not score is where we ended up. Um, so this can be pick up a fumble uh, lateral. This can be if he he just has to touch it so he can attempt to pick up the ball on a fumble, not pick up the ball. Somebody else does and score that counts. Um, any weird offensive trickery, Mike Vrabel nonsense, if that comes in, you know, that counts. There's a few different ways to get there, uh, and all of them are really funny, and I would really, really love to hit it. Uh, Kurt with two Cs says that the opposite uh, of the game versus the Raiders, the Vikings and Bengals will have a game where a touchdown is scored every drive and there are no punts. So, love how bold this is. I'm going to open it up a, a little bit for you uh, and amend it to just a score, so field goals count. And of course, no punts um, and defensive touchdowns will count as like a score because we didn't specify what team has to score, right? It's just every drive has to end with a score. But if it is just a regular turnover that doesn't go for a touchdown, then yeah, that'll ruin it. So I've given you a couple of extra little outs here, but I love the idea. Score every time. Big giant shootout. Boy, would that knock me on my on my butt. That would uh, <laughs> that would floor me. I don't see that coming. <laughs> But hey, it's not the uh, sensible prediction segment. Eric DeRed says that Jake Browning completes a pass to a Vikings wide receiver or tight end. Okay, so I was when I got this one, I was like, okay, I love where your head's at, but how would this happen? Uh, and a bunch of people said like the only thing they could think of is like hands team on a Hail Mary where you put out like Justin Jefferson and then he can, he intercepts the, the Hail Mary, like Justin Jefferson interception. So I love that. Um I am also, I'm going to open this up a little bit. I don't know if it even helps, but I'm going to, to say that Jake Browning completes a pass to any Vikings offensive player. I don't think that helps, but on the off chance it does, I'll give you that. Uh, just because, I mean, just specifying it as a receiver or tight end, uh, I don't know. Does, it doesn't make it that much more bold. Skull Kirk says that, uh, oh, he had a, I don't know how you found this, man. 
Uh, so he says Foles took over for Wentz in the week 14 game, the year they won the Super Bowl. Foles only had four incompletions at the end of that game. Mullins only had four incompletions as well last week. Foles started in week 15, throwing for 237 yards and four touchdowns. Mullins will match it this week, 15. Okay, phenomenal pull. Very proud of you. Uh, as I w- have started doing here with these like exact stat line prediction things, because they're just just a stat line isn't that interesting, even if it has a cool backstory, I'll, I'll allow this to be an over. So if you get 250 yards and four TDs or you know five TDs or something like that, we still get that. But it's got to be over 237 uh, and four touchdowns, which, by the way, you could actually get 238 and I could still win my prize picks and catch this bold prediction. Um, but the four touchdowns will be the difficult part here, right? Like four touchdowns week 15 after four incompletions. That's the crux of it. Everything else is a little bit of just window dressing. And I think that's really cute. Zach says that Joseph is going to make his career long field goal, but also miss the shortest field goal he's ever attempted in the game. Um, Okay, so I was lazy and I asked Zach to grab these numbers for me, which he did. Thank you. Uh, The career long is 61 and the career short is 21. So you got to miss one from under 21, I think. So rule of thumb is 17 yards behind the line of scrimmage is the field goal distance because you have to add the 10 yards that the end zone is. And then usually they'll line up around seven yards behind the line of scrimmage. So 17 yards is rule of thumb. Take the line of scrimmage plus 17. That's your field goal distance. So to be under 21, this needs to be kicked from the three or under and be missed. Boy, is that bold. Plus making a 61 yarder, which I could see for sure. Skull Ross says in the LSU bowl, at least three different LSU alums score a touchdown. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and at least one of Hunter, Ingram, Roy, or Ward. Just quick checking, it looks like, yeah, there are no other LSU Tigers on the Bengals, except Burrow, obviously, but he's uh, not going to be available for this one. So, yeah, you need a defensive touchdown there in addition to a JJ and Jamar Chase one. If you get a defensive touchdown, this one gets very, very doable. I'm actually a little worried about this one. Uh, and then finally, I actually took a seventh. I'm taking a little more. I just loved them so much. I couldn't couldn't bear to cut one. This one comes from Nicholas Bartels, who says that both teams will have more successful fourth down conversions than they have successful third down conversions. For instance, two of 13 on third down, but three of three on fourth down. So I think that's the only way that this one comes, which is um, it has to be like a really bad third down rate. It has to be like just abysmal, like two of 13, that kind of thing. Because I don't think you are reasonably going to get more than like three or four fourth down conversions. And even that is already like pretty bold. So you have to have really, really bad third down rate, good fourth down rate. And like the thing, the factors that lead to those are like the same, like short yardage running, um, you know, short passing, quick rhythm, quick game, that kind of stuff on third down and on fourth down is like kind of the same situation. So. You could get this if you do like what O'Connell tried to do at the end of or at the end of the half in the Vegas game where you have like a big shot play and then you actually go for the fourth down. No, you can get there. Uh, One real quick note. Tomorrow is uh, or on on Saturday is the game, right? This is not a Sunday game. So this show will be up Sunday morning. I'll do it like the day after. Uh, And then there will be no show Monday and then a show Tuesday. So it'll be the same thing. But the Monday show will be a day earlier because the game's a, a day earlier. And then we go for the same thing. Just. Heads up for that. If you're like a Monday morning drive to work listener, nothing will change for you. But the show will be up early if you want to listen to it early. You're welcome, I guess. See you guys for that. And as always, Skull.